Hey folks, no big preamble here. Shout out to the listener last week who tuned in from Hersfeld Rotenburg, Germany, a place that sounds like it makes great beer. And now, your number one source for what's happening in Canada today. From the mind that brought you 222 minutes, this is my 222 cents. Three, two, one. The Globe and Mail reported last week that Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan and Justin Trudeau have been sitting on credible allegations of sexual misconduct against former Chief of Defense Staff Jonathan Vance for three years. This flies in the face of statements from both men saying that they only recently heard of them through the media, as well as Trudeau's own later statement that the information he was given at the time wasn't enough to move forward with. How are you given the information and yet only hear about it three years later? It also flies in the face of their pro-women, believe-all-women, zero-tolerance-for-these-sorts-of-shenanigans policy, but it does line up quite nicely with their history of sweeping things like this under the rug until the rug starts rubbing against the ceiling in much the same way liberals seem to like rubbing against interns. One of the key parts of the Globe article was when a former bureaucrat was forcibly stopped from presenting evidence of these allegations to Sajan in a meeting, presumably so the minister can maintain plausible deniability. In other words, this travesty lies at his feet. There are currently two women who have come forward with allegations against Vance so far, and one of them did an incredibly sobering interview with Global recently. Apparently, the idea of not being raped at work is our veterans asking the liberals for more than they're willing to give. Sajin hasn't been without other scandals, though. In 2017, he was caught trying to steal valor from a fellow brother-in-arms by claiming to be the architect of a major land battle in Afghanistan. Well, I've got some great news for you, Harjit. We finally found something that you can take credit for being the architect of. A sexual misconduct cover-up. Keep in mind, too, that this was happening at the same time that the Canadian government was trying to smear Admiral Norman for not bowing down to their demands to illegally move a Navy construction contract to their friends and donors at Irving Shipyards, for which they had to settle out of court for defamation. There's never a shortage of things our government does that anger me, but this is a big one, and it makes me feel ashamed. If you're going to try to cover up someone else's dishonorable discharge, you deserve one yourself. Six children's books written by famous author Dr. Seuss are being taken out of publication because they, quote, portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. So, if you have any copies of I Saw It on Mulberry Street or If I Ran the Zoo, hold on to them. This decision has divided the world into three broad category thingies. Thing one says, are you fucking kidding me? Thing 2 says, I'm part of one of the supposedly marginalized communities and I'm not offended. Thing 3 says, I don't care what you think. I'm offended for you. To which things 1 and 2 say, Are you sure you can even read these books? So basically at this point, 
It's the monkeys that are running the zoo, and they're feeding each other chipotle before every new shit fight. We're always bombarded, but they're just getting started. If you want to ban books, you're fucking dumb. This isn't the only recent cancellation of things for children. It was only a few days ago that Mr. Potato Head became a genderless toy, which is funny because it's not like the thing had an attachable dong to begin with. In fact, it was already an anatomically correct liberal man even before all this. No word yet on whether or not the chocolate bar Mr. Big is going to have the same thing happen to it, but if it does, I'll definitely have a few Snickers. Look, folks, there isn't a single book in the world that should be banned, and this is coming from someone who forced himself to read almost half the first Twilight book. And let's be clear, if there was ever a hall pass for book burning, I would put every single copy of that literary disaster on Elon Musk's launch pad. But goddammit, banning literature, no matter how loosely you define it, has never helped anyone except for authoritarian warlords. Hell, the employees of Penguin Publishing tried pulling this shit when Jordan Peterson's forthcoming book was announced. That's right, employees of a publishing company tried banning a book none of them had even read yet. Pepe Le Pew is under fire now too. And for the record, I'm all for canceling him, but that's because he's French. Tim Allen made some recent comments about Donald Trump that weren't inherently spiteful, so naturally the cancel culture mob was after him about them too. He said that he, quote, kind of liked that Donald Trump made people mad. But even just that's enough for the woke idiots out there. And they're not even hiding their partisanship at all on this anymore. Make no mistake. This is about taking your political enemies off the board and nothing else. In fact, one person calling for Tim Allen's demise had this to say in a tweet, quote, And before any of you pinhead rubes come at me with cancel culture, please note that this is precisely my intent. Now, cancel culture has met a bit of a backlash lately, and as such, the left is trying to rebrand this whole thing as consequence culture. Remember what I said last week about them having a great marketing team? But the only time there's consequences is when it's someone who does something bad who also has different politics than them. The notable exception being Harvey Weinstein, who was the biggest open secret in Hollywood since Richard Simmons came out of the closet. Hell, look at Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Three women have recently come forward accusing him of sexual harassment. One of his defenders, Democrat Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, said we need to wait and see if there's a fourth woman who comes forward with accusations like this is a drunken double-or-nothing bet on a game of pool instead of people's lives. And these people see no problem with any of this. They'll ruin someone's career, go to bed that night, and sleep like they just had a drink with Bill Cosby. Until the other side of reason starts hitting them back with their own weaponry, this is going to keep going. We gotta fight back just as hard. Harjit Sajin? Cancelled. Vance? Cancelled. Trudeau? Cancel Hammer. Amber Heard? Cancel Trident. 
New York Governor Cuomo? Triple canceled. Then, when the only people left eligible to run for office are Tibetan monks who took a vow of silence in 1993, maybe everyone will finally back the fuck up on this a bit, even though they'll be wondering what sort of tyrannical patriarchy we live in where silence is the only virtue and there's no more women in politics. Breaking news. A fourth woman has come forward with allegations of sexual misconduct against Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. The Public Policy Forum, a liberal think tank, released a report saying that the mainstream media is one of the main sources of misinformation for Canadians. Basically, it says that the more you tune into legacy media like CTV or the CBC, the less you actually know about what's going on. No shit. This comes out at almost the same time as a new report stating that of 1,500 survey respondents, 49% of them think journalists are intentionally trying to mislead them. The CBC reported on the latter paper and went on at length about how great they are and how Donald Trump is the reason why trust in Canadian media is so low and how they will continue to be a trusted news source in Canada. At no point in the article did they ever admit to even an occasional misstep. They don't even hint at the reality that this so-called news organization has more unforced errors than a drunk Little League shortstop. Now, I'm not going to bore you people with a long list of examples, so instead, I'll bore you with logic. Since the Liberals took over in 2015, CBC's government subsidy has increased by $700 million annually. Last year, their total revenue from all sources, mostly us, was $1.7 billion. In short, over 40% of the money they make can be directly attributed to having one particular party in power rather than another. Now, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they try to be unbiased and they just suck at their jobs. Like, really suck. Horrible. They're the Rob Schneiders of journalism. They're trying super hard but being thrown endless stacks of money to look like a jackass on camera isn't easy, and eventually, the only thing they're going to be known for is being a gigolo. But boy, are they trying. So, you work at the CBC, you look around at your co-workers, and deep down, you know that the reason why 40% of them are there, yourself included, is because one particular party is running the show. How in the taxpayer-funded fuck could you not be biased? The same thing goes for the other legacy media organizations that now depend on the $700 million annual fund those liberal motherfuckers set up to keep archaic media around and designed specifically so that I can't get a piece of the pie. Now look, nobody's perfect but there's a very real concern when the well-being of yourself and your co-workers depends on a specific electoral outcome and you are the people shaping public opinion on it. The problem is that it seems to go a long way past incompetence and unconscious bias. 
In the meantime, people are flocking in droves to digital media platforms. Hell, my buddy and his wife told me the other day that they get all their news here from me. And if that isn't sweeter than honey, I don't know what is. This week in Signs That an Election is Coming, Katie Telford, the chief of staff for Trudeau himself, is dusting off the old faithful, will the Conservative Party reopen the abortion debate? This did them wonders in 2019 when it kept coming up for Andrew Scheer and he was completely incapable of handling it without looking like a fucking idiot. So let me do everyone a favor here. The Conservatives won't ever do this regardless of their own personal beliefs because it would be political suicide. And when this question inevitably comes up during an interview with the press, here's how Aaron O'Toole needs to handle it. Great question. I've been wanting to put this matter to rest for some time. I have the exact same stance on abortion as Justin Trudeau. That is, I personally don't think it's right, but I will never let that get in the way of passing laws that Canadians want. So if that answer is good enough coming from him, it should be good enough coming from me. Now, which one of you sycophantic dipshits wants to ask me a question about the fucking economy? Breaking news. A fifth woman has come forward with allegations of sexual misconduct against Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. In an effort to stay relevant in an increasingly digital world, Canada Post sent out a free postcard to every address in Canada, which can then be sent to anyone they want. The general consensus on these is that they're being sent to Justin Trudeau in Ottawa, asking him to resign. Now folks, I love the enthusiasm. It's an almost perfect idea, except for the fact that no one will ever see them. He's not going to keep them. His office won't keep stats on them. They're going to get shredded faster than financial documentation at the former WE Charity headquarters. If you really want to do something with these, send them to Justin Trudeau, courtesy of the opposition. I'm sure they'd love to drop a big fucking bag of them on the floor of the House of Commons during question period. That's how they'll get noticed. Mark Gerritsen, the Liberal MP for Kingston, has been making a bit of a name for himself on Twitter recently. He's had a lot of interesting things to say, but none of them have been particularly well thought out. He posted a graph that his office made, which had more spelling mistakes than a Polish census, saying that the Liberals are doing great because Canada had the second best 2020 Q4 GDP growth in the G7 nations. In other words, out of seven specific countries in the world, we were better than five if you look at how one specific three-month period compared to the prior in one specific year. This is like if you had a stat at a ball game that said someone set the new record for RBIs in the third inning of the first eight games of the season that landed on a Thursday. What in the cherry-picked fuck, Mark? Now, aside from the odd specificity of this statistic, it's not really indicative of anything other than a disastrous Q3. Think about it. 
If your income drops 50%, then it goes up 50% from where it was before, you're still at 75% of the original number. And that's not a good thing. This is the exact same crap the NDP tried to pull in Alberta during that brief moment in history when they were throwing the economy into a downward spiral like a bird that just hit a wind turbine. And statistically speaking, it's 100% horseshit. Then, a few days ago, this same Mark Gerritsen was bragging about how this week Canada would receive almost a million doses of the coronavirus shot. As of right now, Canada is paying significantly more per dose than other countries in the world, and that doesn't include the added internal logistical costs. And right now, you're thinking, triple two, what do you mean by that? Great question. When it comes to managing a supply chain, the worst thing you can have is nothing. You know, what we've had varying degrees of for these past few months. It is, however, only slightly better to have wild fluctuations in supply, especially when it's a perishable good. We're talking second worst case scenario here. It means that you have to have enough infrastructure in place to handle peak demand, regardless of whether it's being utilized or not. And when we get a bunch of doses of, say, the AstraZeneca batches right before they're about to expire, it only makes it more difficult and needlessly more expensive to successfully execute on. There's a reason why milk gets a 50% discount right before it goes bad, and this is the same idea applied to healthcare. Honestly, if I didn't know better, I'd say that the federal government is trying to deflect from their failures by setting the provinces, that is, the folks tasked with administering the vaccine, setting them up for failure. We'll all know for sure if some of the doses get thrown out and the liberals point to that as saying it's not their fault that the vaccination rollout has been a clusterfuck. A petition was started last week to rename Pierre Elliott Trudeau Airport in Montreal. The basic premise is that he's unworthy of such an honor and that someone less contentious should be chosen. In less than a week, it has gotten about 31,000 signatures. In fact, it became so noteworthy so quickly that Canada's Minister of Transportation has already addressed it publicly. And do you want to know what the best part of all of this is? This petition was started in fucking Quebec. Now, Folks out west like to think they've got the market cornered when it comes to hating that self-important bastard because he ruined that entire region of Canada for a generation, but his own people hate his fucking guts just as much. What was probably the tipping point for this was when it came out recently that Pierre Trudeau had tried convincing Quebec business people to intentionally tank their own economy after a provincial election unseated his counterpart liberals. This is a man who wouldn't hesitate to hamstring any part of the country he was elected to serve if they disagreed with him, and the only reason why Justin is even a name we know, let alone the name of the guy calling the shots around here, is because of the man his stepfather was. Now, I was curious about this. I wanted to know a bit more. 
So I quickly hopped over to the Montreal airport to interview passengers. Most of them had this to say about it. Well, folks, that's been the news this week. Subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, and tune in next week for my 222 cents.